All right, we've had a great start to the service so far this morning. We're going to shift gears a little bit here and move into God's Word. We're wrapping up the series that we have been looking at in which we've addressed that idea of setting some goals for 2021. How are you doing in that? Uh, my hope is that you've given some serious thought to that uh, so that you can enjoy um, a, a, a kind of life that allows you to experience um, growth and development and maturity, uh, maybe even some more fun as we'll talk about today. You'll recall that this comes on the heels of some things we've talked about in previous weeks. We talked about on that very first week uh, the adage that we uh, tend to hit what we aim for, even if that thing is nothing. And so if we're aiming to be a better parent or we're aiming to be a, a more faithful Christ follower, or if we're aiming to be a, a better employee, if we really have our, our eyes set on that, the odds are pretty good we're going to hit that target. Now, we may not hit it dead center the first time. That's okay. At least we're, we're in, the, in the right area to move forward. On the other hand, if we're not aiming at anything, that's what we're likely to hit as well. And so the whole purpose of these first few weeks have been to, to help us think about how we can aim, focus, look at those areas of our life that would help us to grow as Christ followers, that would help us to enjoy all that God intends for us. Because you see, that is a part of God's plan for us. He wants us to experience life in its fullness. Uh, we're reminded of that passage in uh, John 10.10 10 that says this, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief here being Satan. But I, God, have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's Jesus' desire for you. That's Jesus' desire for me that we would experience life in its fullest. And I really believe one of the ways that we do that is by being deliberate in pursuing Christ and in seeking His will in our existence. And so as a part of that, I made a suggestion, uh, and I hope you followed along with this, that we, we look at goals in five different areas of our life. We talked about faith and family, fitness. Uh, we've covered those so far. Today we're going to be looking at finances and fun in the hope that if we, if we really do uh, look at these areas, if we really are deliberate about making these a part of our target for this coming year, that at the end of 2021 we'll be able to look back and regardless of the other circumstances that have surrounded us, to look back and say it's been a good year. Maybe even it's been a great year. Uh, but we're going to move forward by kind of wrapping up uh, today and, and looking, first of all, at that idea of finances, of finances. Now, you, you know, I think for some people there is this misnomer that, that money is a bad thing. But the reality is that, that money is an innate object. It's neither good nor bad. So you, you hold this uh, dollar bill, uh, I hold this dollar bill, and, and it's not good, it's not evil, it's just something that we use. And in some ways, you know, if we, if we keep it in an appropriate perspective in our life, if we use it in ways to bless others, it can be a, truly a powerful vehicle used by God. On the other hand, if we allow it to become the thing that we worship, that we, we end up spending all of our time and effort toward, uh, then it's not such a good thing. And so we need to make sure that we keep a proper perspective on that. It's what I think uh, is written about in the book of 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, with these words. Those who want to get rich fall in temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I hope you were listening there. It says money is, uh, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say it is the root. And it doesn't say money is that thing. It says the, the love of money can lead to that. So again, it's important that we keep that perspective of realizing that money can be useful. It certainly is necessary in life. Uh, it can be useful in proclaiming a kingdom work so long as we don't allow that love of money uh, to take over, to uh, consume us. And so how do we go about ensuring that that's the case? How do we, we go about, uh, I would say, uh, managing our money wisely? Well, uh, let's look at a few steps that can help us with that. First is, I think we need to set the priorities in our life. And the first thing that we need to do is make sure that we deal first with needs and then with wants. First with needs and then with wants. The writer of Proverbs 24 addresses it with these words. He says, put your outdoor work in order and get your field ready. And after that, build your house. Now you may be thinking, huh, what's that have to do with managing a budget? Well, think about it for, uh, for just a moment. Having a house is a nice thing, but having food to eat, that's a necessity. We can sleep outdoors, uh, but we can't go very long without having nourishment. And it's only after we've ensured that those fundamental things are in place that we can, uh, can address those kind of other luxuries in life. And so we see that, that at its core, uh, finance or our financial plans or our, our, our vision must address the, the needs first. Needs being uh, making sure we can pay our bills, making sure that we have food on the table, making sure that we have a roof over our head and clothes on our back. The wants, well... And the wants are things like uh, going out to fast food uh, three or four or five times a week. Or uh, back when we get into the time of being able to go to the movies, uh, going to the movie theater uh, every single week. Or uh, maybe getting the latest gadget or, the, or purchasing the latest fashion. Uh, those are nice to have. They're nice wants. But they're not needs, and so we need to make sure that we distinguish uh, between those things. So the first thing is we, we set those priorities, determine what's a need and what's a want. Second thing is that we, uh, we make a budget. And now this is probably the best tool, the res best resource that's out there. It's also one of the things that's, that's rarely, rarely used in our society today. And, and making a budget is really just making a plan involving money. If we look to the book of uh, the Gospel of Luke in the 14th chapter, uh, Jesus talks here a little bit about making plans with this. Uh, beginning with verse 28, he says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began and wasn't able to finish. I had a chance to take a trip a couple of years ago to Lebanon, and as we were in the area of Beirut, one of the things that struck me that I've not seen anywhere else when I've done some travels throughout the world is, is that lots and lots of, of partially built structures, partially built homes, even some, some partially built business structures. And when I asked about the, the, the great abundance of that, it was explained that, that in their culture, if you get a little money, you start building a house. 
And if you can finish it, that's great. If you get a little bit more in, you keep adding to it. But the, the result is that there's these partially built houses all over the place. I don't think that's the direction God would have us to go. He wants to make sure that when we begin something, that we're in the process of being able to finish it. But the same thing is true with our finances. We need to make sure that we plan carefully, appropriately, so that we can, can live a life that's free of, of anxiousness, of stress, uh, that goes when financial burdens begin to, to weigh uh, upon us. And so uh, when we think about this idea of budget, we, we really are simply trying to achieve a place where uh, the amount of money that we take in uh, doesn't uh, fall short of the amount of money that we expend. In fact, it's even better if we have a little extra so that we can put it aside. But at the very least, we want to make sure that our, our income uh, does not fall short of, of our outgo or of our expenses. Fortunately, there's all kinds of templates on the internet to help with that. Um, and if you need some personal personal assistance, I would be happy to come alongside. I am not a financial expert, but I do budgets pretty well. There's others in our church that can help as well. Um, we would be uh, more than, than happy to be able to assist in that. In fact, I see Tom waving his hand in the background. He'd be happy to help as well. A third thing that we can do in this idea of managing money is to, is to build an emergency fund. Uh, now, this is a little bit um, uh, of a luxury, but I would say it isn't really. It, it's something that I think is a necessity. Whenever I, I do premarital counseling with couples, one of the things that I strongly encourage them to do is make sure that they've got an emergency fund in place. Because if you have that emergency fund in place, it will reduce your stress by 364%. Did you know that? Uh, not really, I'm just making that figure up. But, but the reality is that it will reduce your stress a lot um, because when the crisis hit, and they do hit, you have something to draw on rather than frantically trying to figure out how you're going to deal with that particular issue. And in fact, when I talk with couples, I normally encourage them to look at a couple of, of different kinds of funds. One of those is what I call an expected irregular need fund. And, and it is to address those things that we know are going to come up. They just don't happen every month. One of the things that the budgets do well is allow us to, to deal with situations that are on, a, on an ongoing regular basis. But, but when it's on an irregular basis, it gets a little bit trickier. And so we need to have some funds that are set aside to, to help us in those times. Because we know that uh, sometime this year, our car's probably going to need some maintenance. Maybe it's an oil change. Maybe it's something a little bit more significant. It's not going to happen every month, uh, but we know it's going to happen. And if we haven't set aside some funds for that, how are we going to deal with that? Christmas. We know it's going to come up every year. In fact, we even know the date of that particular one. But if we don't set aside some funds for that, are we going to be in a position uh, to be able to provide the gifts that we would like to for family and for friend? Uh, how about things like uh, summer vacation or birthdays or baby showers or, or whatever it might be? There's just those things that are a part of life. And if we've set aside even a little bit, $5 a month, um, we have something to draw on from that. The other side of that is the unexpected irregular needs. And those, unfortunately, are a part of life as well. And so there's times where we need to get new tires. And if you haven't purchased new tires recently, those are not cheap. Or there's times where the washing machine breaks down. Or there may be an unanticipated medical expense or something else comes along. They happen as a part of life. And again, if we haven't put aside some monies to deal with that, we're going to find ourselves incredibly stressed out over that. So we put aside an emergency fund or emergency funds. 
Uh, next, uh, my encouragement would be that you do what you can to avoid debt. And now, that is not what the world would tell you. The world would tell you, oh, don't worry about it. Sign up for this credit card and that credit card and take out this loan and, and so forth because you deserve it. Uh, you are what's most important. You need to live uh, every want that you've got out there. Just remember, folks, that those credit card companies, um, they're not just nice people wanting to extend you something out of the kindness of their heart. They're in the business of making money, and they make a lot of money. And the money they're making is your money. And so uh, we're reminded of the words of Proverbs 22.7 that says this, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is the slave to the lender. In this case, the rich is the credit card companies, and they sort of hold you in control if you've gone into debt heavily. I was reading in preparation for this and saw that 80% that of Americans are in debt. What was even more surprising to me is that 50% of individuals moving into retirement find themselves in significant debt. Uh, folks, there, there are some situations in life where you may not be able to avoid that, purchasing a home and so forth. But in the overwhelming majority of things, if we'll simply practice delayed gratification, um, we can avoid almost all debt and incurring that. Because it's, the truth is, in, in this case, and, and this is true, uh, having an environment where we are consumed or overwhelmed by, by debt can have a very detrimental effect on our life, not only in stress, but that stress then has medical implications. Anxiety, depression uh, can result in uh, high blood pressure, headaches, back pain, ulcers, um, relationship issues. Uh, finances are one of the leading causes of divorce, and it's not because people have too much money. Um, it's because they found themselves struggling to deal with expenses for the most part. And then finally, I would say, uh, to kind of put all this together, oh, you need to think about having a financial plan having some kind of financial plan where you're looking at not just getting through this year, but what are you wanting to accomplish down the road? Because for most of us, um, and this probably is more so for, uh, for those that are in their adult years than in the teen years, but, but once we get to that point, we've got some dreams and aspirations. For most, uh, you know, we hope that someday we'll be able to pay off that student loan. Uh, we want to be able to purchase a home. We, we'd like to uh, eventually be able to retire at some point. But that only happens if we make provision for that, if we put some plans in place to help accomplish that. And so we need to identify what those goals are that we want to achieve. We, uh, we need to make sure that we take a look at our current situation and, and see if we're moving that direction. If, if, if we are expending every single cent that we take in, it's going to be hard to realize any of those dreams. So how can we change things there? Uh, can we get a different job, uh, get another job? Can we reduce our expenses, um, strategize some in that? And then try to figure out what is needed to, to achieve that goal, as I just mentioned. Um, maybe it means adjusting our, our, our work environment. Maybe it means re reducing those things that we're, we're spending our money on. But if we do those things, uh, then we can achieve what it is that, that we think God's called us to experience later on in life. Uh, things like a, a new house. Think about it for just a moment. If, you, if you're wanting to purchase a new home, you're probably going to have to put some money down. So let's use very conservative figures. Say you have to put $50,000 down. Um, maybe you've got a little bit set aside. Maybe you don't. So let's say you don't. 
Well, for that to happen, you're going to have to figure out a way to earn that money, um, which means you probably won't be able to do it this year unless you make better money than most people do. So you'll have to plan ahead for that. So say uh, you, you set a goal of five years from now. That's 10000 a year that you need to set aside. How are you going to make that happen? Um, once you have that goal in front of you, you can work the, the circumstances of life around that, but you need to have that plan in place to know what it is that you want to achieve. So, uh, as I kind of wrap up the finance part, I, I guess I would go back to the theme of, of all of this series. Uh, what is your financial goal for 2021? Uh, what is it that you're wanting to achieve? Maybe it's to pay off that student loan or at least to take a better, bigger percentage of it. Maybe it's to, to begin the process of saving for a home. Maybe it's to begin the process of saving uh, for a new car. Maybe it's to be able to take that vacation you've been wanting to take for a couple of years. There just haven't been the resources for it. Uh, whatever it is, make sure you note that down so that you've got something to, to shoot for in this coming year. So we've looked at faith and family, fitness and finances, and, and we wrap up with the one that everybody is excited about, and that is we wrap up with that idea of fun. Because I really do, at least for some people, I really do believe we need to be deliberate about this. Because like so many other areas of life, this can be lost if, if we don't uh, make specific um, attempts or put specific things in place to achieve this. One of the things that I think people sometimes forget about God is that um, God's a fun God. God wants us uh, to have fun. God wants us to enjoy life. We already talked about the words of Jesus in, in John 10. But I think every day God wants us to, to experience uh, the joy that he has uh, provided in the, in the uh, world that he has given to us. And so we look at a couple of verses that speak to that. In Philippians 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, he's, he's, he's doubly emphasizing this. And again, I say, rejoice. God wants us to enjoy life. Uh, we see the same idea all the way back in Old Testament times in Ecclesiastes 2. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. God wants us to, uh, to experience some fun, to, to have some enjoyment in our life. In fact, I, I don't think it's out of line to say that, that God intends life to be enjoyed, not just endured. In Nehemiah, the 8th chapter, the 10th verse, we read that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Part of what gets us through those difficult times, uh, times like a pandemic or a, a significant uh, lingering illness or a financial hardship, is, is to find that joy that, that God can still provide for us. It undergirds us, it strengthens us, it helps us to weather uh, those, those difficult days uh, that are out there. Now, this idea of God being a joyful God is contrary to how many people view him. Many people view God as a, a God of the don'ts. Uh, don't smile, don't have fun, don't drink, don't uh, have sex, don't um, uh, do other things that I can't think of at the moment. Um, all of these things are sort of wrapped up in, in this idea. And yet the truth is um, that God wants us to enjoy those things. So even though it's... Uh, not necessarily a part of our Baptist tradition. The reality is, God doesn't say don't drink. He says don't get drunk. Um, and I think everybody would agree with that. God doesn't say don't have sex. In fact, God's a big proponent of enjoying physical intimacy. We see talked about all over uh, the Bible. Um, and yet, uh, God also puts some guardrails there. 
because he knows that that's best for us. And so he says that, that, that physical intimacy is to be enjoyed in the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman. God talks about smiling and laughter throughout Scripture. Again, we've already talked about the passages that uh, say to experience joy and to rejoice. Uh, God loves his people to have a good time. So we need to make sure that we build that into our lives to make that a, a part of our experience. Because if we don't, we might miss it. Uh, think for just a moment, what is the, the right age to really be enjoying life? Is it in the 0 to 20 age group? Think about that. You have lots of time, good health, few obligations, but you don't have any money. Eh, so maybe that's not the best time. How about in the 21 to 65 age group? Well, there we find that we have some time, reasonable health, uh, some money, but lots of obligations that just seem to tie up all of our time. Well, maybe that's not the best uh, time frame. How about then 66 plus? We have lots of time, a few obligations, more than enough money. But as I'm beginning to experience, we, we uh, feel the effects of declining health. The parts don't work quite like they did. And so maybe that's not the best time. All of this to say, if we wait for the perfect circumstances, they never come along. And so we need to enjoy life throughout uh, its entirety. I'm reminded of, of a story you may have heard as well of a, of a very successful, wealthy uh, industrialist who lived on the East Coast. And one day he was walking out along the, the seashore, there the seaside. And, and as he's walking, he sees a person he knows, a fisherman, is sitting out on the dock. He's just sitting there with his feet in the water, uh, relaxing a little bit. And he, he walks over and he says to this fisherman, how come you're not out fishing today? And the fisherman says, well, I already caught all of the fish I need to for today. And the industrialist says, well, why wouldn't you keep fishing? You know, if you get more fish, then you can uh, sell them and, and have some money. And the man says, well, why would I want to do that? And, and the industrialist says, well, if you get more money, you can buy another boat. And if you get another boat, you can go out farther. You can collect more fish. You make more money. You buy more boats. Before you know it, you have a fleet of boats. And you've made all the money you can imagine. You might even be as wealthy as I am someday. And the fisherman says, well, why would I want to do that? And he says, well, when you reach that point, then you're in a, a position where you can slow down and relax and enjoy life. And the fisherman looks around and he says, but I'm already doing that. You see, we can get so caught up in this, in this emphasis of, of pursuing more and more and having more and more and, and owning more and more that we, we forget to enjoy life. And God wants us to experience. He's given us this great creation. He's given us these wonderful friends, uh, the provisions and blessings that he surrounds us with. He wants us to enjoy those as a part of our existence. And so we need to start, and we need to start today. And so uh, my encouragement would be, what can you do in this coming year to enjoy life a little bit more? What are some of the goals you can put in place? I'm not sure what that means for you. Maybe, again, it's... Uh, Find a time where you can relax and have a vacation. Maybe you haven't had a real vacation for several years. Uh, maybe it means enjoying the, uh, the, the, the blessing of your kids and, and, and spending some time in games and doing things with, uh, with them. Maybe it means just uh, taking more walks in the afternoon. We live in a beautiful state here in Oregon. I'm not sure what it is. But find ways to enjoy life more. Faith, family, fitness, finance, fun. I really do think if we can find ways to grow in those areas that by the end of this year, I will look back and say it's been a good year. But 
the uh, sermon isn't quite over yet. There's one more thing I want to mention to you, and I'm, I'm calling this the bonus section. You are so fortunate uh, that we get to hear this one additional piece, and I'll try to go through this pretty quickly for you, but it's, it's a way to tighten up those, uh, those goals that you have uh, to try to ensure that they are become realized goals. And, and, and what it involves is, is using what's often referred to as the SMART method. I didn't come up with this. It's, it's one that's been used by goal setters and managers management people for a long time. But it's got three parts, S-M-A-R-T, that your goal needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. So let's look at just one goal and run through that to give you sort of an example here. Uh, Let's say the goal is you want to pray more. Uh, Every believer I, I know would like to do that more in their life. So how do we make that happen? We could just set the goal and say, I want to, I want to pray more in 2021. And, and I'm sure that you do, but that may be the same goal that you set for 2020 and 2019 and 2018. You see, when we leave things so broad and ambiguous, it makes it difficult for us to move forward in those. And so we need to be a, a little bit more specific. Uh, we need to say something like, I, I want to uh, pray more and I'm going to pray five days a week. Uh, given a couple of days because life just happens. So five days a week, you're going to pray more. That's a great start. You've been more specific. Let's move to the next one, measurable. So you, you've prayed, you're going to pray five days a week, but how can we refine that even a little bit more? You're going to pray for four hours. You're going to pray for a second. Uh, let's pick a time. Let's say you're going to pray for 10 minutes. You've given yourself something measurable in that case. So if you pray for eight minutes, You haven't quite met your goal. If you pray for 12 minutes, you know you've exceeded that goal. So now your goal is that you want to pray five days a week, 10 minutes each one of those days. Let's look at the attainable piece. We know that God wants us to be a people of prayer, but we also know that prayer is hard work. Folks, it's hard work for me. Um, Maybe not for people like Lola, but for most folks, prayer requires discipline for us to be able to do that. And so to set a goal of saying we're going to pray for two hours a day or one hour a day, it's probably not going to happen for most. So what's reasonable? What's something that's attainable for us? I'm throwing out the figure of 10 minutes as, a, as, a, as an illustration, but maybe for you that's too much. Maybe it needs to be five minutes. Maybe, maybe you're at a place where you can do 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Figure out what that amount is, but make sure that it's attainable, that it's realistic for you. Uh, next, we make sure that it's relevant for us. Make sure that it, it actually has an impact to things that we have interest in. So for you, this idea of praying, just praying for everything, uh, that, that's, uh, that's just too broad. You need to zero in. And so you want to pray for something more specific. Maybe you have a burden uh, for the homeless in our community. Maybe as your kids are growing up, God's really tugging at your heart to be praying for them, that they'll do well in school, that God will lead them to a good mate, whatever it might be. Uh, Maybe uh, you have a a particular yearning to be praying for our missionaries. They can never get uh, too much prayer. Uh, Maybe it's to pray for our church. Maybe it's to pray for your pastor. I assure you, your pastor can never get too much prayer. Whatever it is, uh, figure out what, uh, what it is that maybe God is calling you more towards. So now we've, we've zeroed this broad idea of, of I want to pray more to I, I'm going to pray for uh, five days a week. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes a day. And I'm going to pray with a special emphasis on missionaries or my kids or whatever it might be. And then finally, we end up with this idea of time bound. 
Now, some of that is built into the, the time elements we've already put in, but, but if we're thinking that this is going to be a goal that we need to do for the rest of our lives, that may be too daunting for us. It may be discouraging to think, gosh, if I make this commitment to God, I'm locked in forever. So let's refine it even a little bit more. <clears throat> let's say it's going to be for five minutes a day, uh, for, uh, for 10 minutes a day, for five days a week, with a special emphasis on praying for missionaries, and we're going to do this for three months. Now, does that mean at the end of three months you have to stop? No, you can re-up. Uh, you can go for another three months or another six months or whatever it might be. But by helping to, to bring this down into a much more narrow focus, uh, f- you're far more likely to, to honestly make this a part of your life. You're, you're, you're far more likely to see success in this goal. Uh, family, faith, fitness, finance, fun. There's other areas that you can look at, and maybe one or two or these things aren't things you want to zero in. But the important thing, folks, is that we have some kind of direction, some kind of purpose that we're moving toward in life. Again, we hit what we aim for. May it be our hope, may it be our prayer that in this coming year, this year of 2021, God leads us, God guides us toward those things He would want us to aim for. So that as we look back, we can do so with a big smile on our face because we fulfilled and achieved his purpose for our life this day and every day. Amen.